I want to say thank you to Sean and Vince and James and various people who are running around behind the scenes and giving us what we have. Um, I, did you say that it was a, we think it's a phase thing outside and they're coming to check it? You did say that, okay. But thank you guys and thank you worship team. You all did very well considering everything had to be re-plugged and patched. Yeah, give them a little clap. And uh, this is uh, the second part in our series entitled The Way, Walking with Integrity. And uh, just by way of a quick recap, although I do encourage you, as always, to check out the podcast last week if you, uh, you missed it, uh, we wanted to say this. We said, you know, when we start thinking about walking with integrity, that, you know, that word integrity uh, is, is something that is, is, is clearly related to being integrated. You know? and, and what we're wanting to see is, a, is a, a church rise up that is integrated. And by that, what I mean is we don't just do it good on Sunday and put on a good show. But actually, the way we walk through life and what we do in life and the way we are in our, in our, in our workplace, in, in, the, in our colleges, at home, uh, in our social activities, is, is consistent with who and what we are in this place. And that's God's desire. And all too often, Western Christianity is too compartmentalized. We come to church on a Sunday, we put on a brave face, good show, you know, we all look like wonderful, shiny, bright Christians, but also all manner of stuff is going on in our lives. And, and, and that's the reality, isn't it, you know? And, and, and so what we're saying is, what we want to do is seek God's face, seek his instruction, his, his comfort and encouragement, but also his challenge too, so that, you know, we can, we can begin to walk with integrity you know, in our life. And, and that in itself, you'll be surprised, that will cause you to stand out from the crowd in your workplace or wherever. Just the very fact that you are the same wherever and whoever and whatever you're doing. So that's the goal here. Psalm 15, uh, it's funny, all in the run-up to last week, the Lord in all sorts of weird and wonderful ways just brought me to Psalm 15, and he has continued to do that. So we will just uh, look at that. This is not where I'm going to land, but but Psalm 15 is, is, uh, has become, if you like, a bit of an interpretive key for this, this course. We're actually going to do three weeks on it, and then probably we're going to do some more later on in the, in the summer. But, but Psalm 15, let me just read that to you. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks truth from the heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath, e- oath even when it hurts and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken." Two or three things have struck me afresh this week. That, that little expression, who speaks truth from the heart. Uh, and what really uh, I, I think the, the psalmist is alluding to there is, is that actually, not just speaking our mind, we have this weird value uh, in our society about, uh, you know, that, that affirms people who speak their mind. Quite frankly, uh, I find people who speak their mind a little bit intimidating. Anybody agree with me? I tell you why, because usually it's just an excuse for bad behavior. Actually, some people, I'd love them to speak their mind. Often they're the quiet ones, you know, the introverts. I'd like them to speak their mind. I want to know what's going on. But those kind of people who pride themselves, I'm just, I just give it them straight. I just speak their mind. Usually what comes out is something you would not want to hear anyway. 
So it's not talking about that. Speaking from the heart is speaking with integrity. It's a character issue. It's about speaking you know, in a wholesome way that builds the other up. And so speaking truth from the heart is not just giving good advice, a piece of my mind. It's about, it's about being truthful and, 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 and honest and in all your dealings with people. So it's a character thing. And I said last week that this, was all, this actually all boiled down to character. We're going to move into this sort of character thing today. And as I said, I've got five things I want to teach you about character. I'm actually going to barely start this week. I'll really bring the thing home to land next week. So if you can't be here next week for whatever reason, do listen to the podcast, otherwise you will miss it. But today we're still spreading the table. The other thing that jumped out at me was cast no slur on others. You know, I don't know about you, and perhaps I, I, you know, I have to confess maybe I'm guilty of this sometimes, God forbid, but, but, you know, the things we say about others is often, you know, when they're absent is not helpful. And I think we've got to watch that because God is watching us. Everything we do, everything we say is done under the light of his eye. Now, that's a scary thought. I, I, I find that keeps me on the straight and narrow. And I'm trying to work on, on, on that whole business of casting slurs. Now, I, please don't get me wrong. I don't want 16 letters and 150 people leave the church. But, but the, the fact of the matter is that occasionally I'll find myself saying something, and I catch myself. In fact, I was talking to one of the staff this week, and I, in the middle of it, I just felt my spirit kind of ch- and I, thought, I said to him, I said, I said excuse me, I, I'm not sure that I'm actually saying something I should be saying here. I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to back up and... Bless his heart, you know, he, he you know, prayed with me. And we just got to be careful. We can so easily end up tearing people down. But in fact, the church of Jesus Christ is everything about building people up. Do not, do not listen to slurs. I've told you, I think, before that when I used to work at the YMCA many, many, many years ago, I would not listen to gossip. And I got a reputation for it. The place was rife with people slurring one another. And, uh, and I used to stop them dead. And I remember that it caused a few raised eyebrows, but by the end of the, my time there, you know, people would come to me and say, I know you don't listen to gossip, Chris, but you do need to know that uh, you know, the second floor is on fire or something like that. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it was funny because they weren't sure what was, you know, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but sometimes they'd tell me things they needed to, to tell me, you know, because I was, I was the general manager of the thing. And, but, 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 there, but that business, that tittle-tattle, that kind of character assassination when the person is not there, just stop it, you know? I'm trying to do that. Anybody else want to join me in that little goal? Yeah, there you go. Thank you very much. We're going to stop doing that. Okay. Cast no swear on another. Keeps an oath even when it hurts. Spoke about that last week. Not going to unpack that more. And then this other thing, who lends money to the poor without interest. Well, of course, you know, our whole growing family campaign, uh, there's a, there's a, it's, it's more complex than just this, but it is very feed-orientated. You know, it's, uh, God is looking for his church to show mercy and compassion to the poor. And of course, we've bought the building next door. I don't think we're gonna open it up this time, but you know, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you'll have had a chance to go and walk around next door. I mean, it's very exciting. Please pray for our planning permission. That's the next thing to tick. But, but the whole business of the poor matters to God. And here was a situation where people's charitable giving was completely out of whack. And they probably felt good about their charitable giving. But, you know, it's a bit like the payday loans, you know, iniquitous things that they are. And God forbid that any of you should be, you know, sort of caught up in any of that. But, you know, lending money to vulnerable people at extortionate interest, you know, 
And God was narrowing on that. But you know, to be honest with you, our, our whole view of money is out of whack. It really is. Excuse me. So, so that's a little bit of a, a Psalm 15 thing. And can I encourage you to take Psalm 15 away this week and read and ask the Holy Spirit to show you things and nuances and things that apply to you and things that will help you and edify you and build you up? Because it seems to me that as I've prepared this talk, as I've said, time and again, the Lord has brought me back to Psalm 15. And it seems to be that it's an interpretive key, a kind of pair of spectacles that he wants us to view life in and learn from. Okay, moving on then. When we talk about character, it's not about be good. It's not about, you know, uh, schools and colleges need to talk about ethics. Businesses need to have sort of an ethics officer, you know, that kind of stuff. I've heard all sorts of manner of things. You know, the people wring their hands, you know, politicians wring their hands saying, what's happened? We've lost our moral compass. And various people sort of propose solutions to that. Or, the, or as I said last week, the schools get it in the neck or the church gets it in the neck. You know, we, we need to be teaching about morals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, well, maybe we need to do that. The most important thing is personal growth. Personal growth. Realizing that to be a follower of Jesus is, is to commit to personal growth. And it's about exposing ourselves to the word of God and marrying what the word of God says with the way we live our life. Some things that are relatively easily recalibrated, other things take time. It's not always easy, but we need to align ourselves with God's word, not wrestle with God's word to try and make it fit our life. Boy, where did that come from? <laughs> and the, Jesus says of this, in, when he's t talking about character, when he's talking about the followers of Jesus, he says in, in Matthew chapter 7, let's just read that little, little bit of a, uh, a passage here. He's talking about how you know people who are out of whack. Because often they're the loudest, they're the, the most outspoken, they're the ones that voices seem to get heard. But Jesus says this, he says, in fact, I'll begin at verse 15 in Matthew chapter 7. He says this, he says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. This is the key. By their fruit, you will recognize them. What are they producing from their lives? Not just what they say or the laughs they get, the cheap laughs they get in the staff room or the boardroom, but what's the fruit of their lives? That's a good question. Jesus goes on to say this. He says, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? <laughs> Likewise, every tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down. God will bring judgment and be thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. I know I can talk the talk. You don't have to tell me. I can do that. My prayer is, Lord, may I grow up before I get old. May I grow up before I grow old. May I walk the walk as well as talk the talk. That's a good prayer, isn't it? Not just, do I have a lot of head knowledge? Do I have an opinion? 
It's, am I walking the walk, not just talking the talk? I mean, take money, for example. Yeah, let's take money. Who needs a tenner? Any single mums here who could do with a tenner? Put your hand up. Don't be bashful. I'm, gonna, I'm giving away a tenner. Richard, find somebody who needs a tenner. Oh, that's 20. <laughs> oh, flip. The Lord's got a funny sense of humour, hasn't he, really? Okay, look, there's, there's 20. There's somebody waving a hand there. Give a tenner to that lady. And who else needs a tenner? Come on, don't be bashful. Richard's got my tenors, and they're for you. Okay, and I'm not going to do the sort of who needs a tenor, the big thing, because I actually want to do some teaching today, all right? Who else needs a tenor? Don't let him wander around. Quick, there you go, there you go. Take money. Let's just look at Matthew 22. I was very struck by this passage. Let's throw that up on the screen. Thank you, Matt. Matthew 22. You know, I was doing, I had the privilege of teaching the Alpha course this week on Monday about who is Jesus, and we, 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 there was just one of those wonderful stories I had the privilege of teaching out of where Jesus just kind of shows extraordinary wisdom in the moment. He, he just has a way with words that just kind of stops the conversation dead, and this is another story like that. Let's just read it and sit back and let this, let this wow you. Okay, chapter 22, beginning at verse 15, it says this. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him, that's Jesus, of course, in his words. And they sent their disciples to him along with Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity. Interesting, man of integrity. And that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. We know that. You aren't swayed by others. You're not playing to the gallery. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. I love this, wait for it. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. You know, many of us, uh, including myself, just finished filling in our tax returns, hopefully got them in by January 31st, otherwise you incur 100 pounds automatic fine, and so on and so forth. Many of us will have been in that place. Now, here's a challenge. I'm not asking for a show of hands. Did, did, did you do it good? Give to Caesar. What is Caesar's? Have you paid your taxes? Hmm. I ask this question because the temptation to do a little fiddle or to bend the rules or, well, that really wasn't income, is, is very, very, very strong. I have a friend, Mike, known him for over 40 years, lovely man. He's actually not a follower of Jesus, been a, a good friend, I'd say even a close friend of mine for over 40 years. And uh, he's even, you know, he, he's a compassionate man. He's, they, they gave some of their income to Bethesda Missions, who we support. They've actually been out to the, the orphanages. 
They've joined with us in supporting, even though he's not a follower of Jesus. And I love him dearly. He's a humorous, funny guy. Known him for over 40 years. About two years ago, two and a half years ago, and some of you heard this story before, so I'll be brief. His wife came home after, after walking the dog. It was a summer's morning. She came into the house, and Mike works from home. And she thought, I wonder where Mike is. He's usually in his office, beavering away at this time. Anyway, she went to make a cup of coffee, and there was Mike out in the garden. And he was sat on a bench, and he had a brown, she could see he had a brown envelope in his hands, which was sort of hanging down. His hands were drooped, and his head was, was like this. And she thought, oh my gosh. And immediately she thought it was a medical thing that he'd, you know, mine goes crazy. He looked terrible. Maybe he's got cancer or something. So she runs out there and she says, Mike, what's the matter with you? What's the matter? Tell me. And he's a bit reluctant. Anyway, what it is is that the computer, randomly, has selected him for a full tax audit. He's a businessman, one man show earning a very good living. But it turns out he's been fat fiddling his taxes for 20 years. This guy looks like you. This guy looks like one of you. Lovely family man, okay, not a believer, but a generous-hearted guy. A funny guy, the kind of guy that you would be honored to have as a friend. This guy looks like you. Within very short order, well, he, he, he did, uh, probably the best thing he could have done, I guess, in the circumstances, was he rang the tax office that very day and said, I've got this thing, you're going to do an audit on me. I need to say straight up, you're going to find anomalies. I've, I've, been, uh, I've not been entirely honest, honest about my, my dealings. Well, they came down on him like a ton of bricks. 250,000 pounds later... The lawyer that cost him nearly 30,000 pounds to sort the deal out negotiated a settlement, a quarter of a million. And he's going to have to work very, very hard to keep his house until the day he dies. You know, guys, can I just say to you, take this as a little sobering thought. Please don't do that. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. I wouldn't have anyone go through what Mike's been through. He's a broken man. Nearly cost him his marriage too because his wife knew nothing, absolutely nothing. She was incandescent with rage. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Let your walk here be the same as your walk out there. And if we're giving unto Caesar, Jesus says more than that. He doesn't say, yeah, pay your taxes. He says more than that. He says, he says give unto God that which is God's. And we get very confused about that, don't we? What is God's? Well, the tithe, tithes and offerings. I had a, um, a prophetic word from one of the ladies in our church uh, way back in October. They're kind of senior members of this church. And I think she's probably given me a prophetic word written down once every three years. And she gave me this word, which was basically along the lines of, Chris, you need to tell the people to start tithing. It matters to God. 
It matters to God. And I have tucked that word away. But we give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and we give unto God that which is God's. You know, it's all, it's, you know some of us may not be robbing the re- revenue, but are we robbing God? Tithes and offerings, in case you're confused about this, the tithe is, is, is basically 10% of your income. The offering is what we've given many of us to buy that place next door. It's over and above the tithe. It's not, we don't take the tithe away and say, oh, okay, uh, yeah, okay, I'm tithing, but I, I, I'll give it to that then. Because that's not the way it works. The Bible talks about tithes and offerings. The tithes, everybody knows about. I'm not going to tell you how much I tithe. I do tithe, actually, tithe 10%. And many, many, many of you do, but some of you don't. The offering beyond that is something actually you keep secret. I'm not going to tell you how much Felicity and I are giving to that next door. I know how much some of you are giving, and that's a secret. I understand that. The offering is something between you and God. It's over and above the tithe. But as I look upon you, my assumption is that every single one of you that's a member of this church, a follower of Jesus, is tithing. Because that's basically what we're taught to do. And it does matter to God. And of course, some of you will know this passage well, but Malachi chapter 3 puts it this way, and the language is strong. You know, the revenue took a dim view of Mike's view. He didn't see it as stealing. He just thought of, well, everyone does it, you know? And hey, you know, I'm just one bloke living in deepest, darkest Devon, and he does. Lovely little village. I'm just one bloke. I mean, hey, they ought to be chasing up the tax havens, and they ought to be chasing up the big company. You know, there's all sorts of rationalization. He didn't see it as robbing robbing us, which I guess it is. But the revenue took a very different view. And we need to ask God about how, how we give, how we support one another in the ministry. The tithe is for the ministry, it's the tithe is for overseas, and we support mission overseas, and the tithe is for the poor. It's how we're instructed to spend that money, and I'm very proud to say that we have a wonderful group of directors here, and we run a tight ship, and uh, you know, we, we submit all of our rules, uh, our, 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 our accounts, of course, every year to Companies House and to the charity commissioners. One year, amazingly enough, a few years ago, we were in the top 100 charities. Can you believe it? A little place like us. Absolutely amazing. Anyway, Malachi chapter 3, God uses strong language. Verse 6, Malachi 3, I'll begin with verse 6. I think... Uh, it starts up on the screen a little later. It says, I, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept. Return to me, says God. Come home. Come back to me. Come into the very center of my presence and my will for you. Come back. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, huh? how, are we ret- how are we to return? And then God goes on to say in verse 8, will a mere mortal, a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, what? what? How are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to to store it. See, God's heart, there it is, his heart again, to to bless. What flows out of his heart is a desire to bless his people and and for his people to be a blessing to others. 
We cannot give away what we do not have. Be it comfort, be it time, be it energy, be it money. We cannot give away what we don't have. And the same is true of the church of Jesus Christ. So, walking with integrity deals speaking from the heart in truth. Walking with integrity means casting no slur on others. Walking with integrity means keeping our word, showing up, even when it hurts. Walking with integrity means having a right view of money, the resources that God has given us. So there you have it. It's about character. It's not just be good or just tithe. It's, it's deeper than that. And that's what we want to do next week. We want to go deeper than that. We want to take first steps, in, if, if, if you haven't already taken them, in, in, in personal growth. I'm actually excited about it. This week, I've, I've been a bit sort of itchy and itchity. I was up very early this morning praying because I sense that God is wanting to open up new things to me about walking with integrity. And I'm excited, and I'm, I'm challenged, but I'm also a bit nervous because what's he going to say, you know? But the truth of the matter is I need to remind myself that God's heart is to bless us. And sin, no matter how you dress it up, no matter what you call it, no matter how you play it down, no matter how you hide it, stuff it, shove it, do what with it, it, it will not bless you. It will kill you. But a life walking with Jesus, pressing on in to the deeper things of God, that's the way of life. That's what it is to walk with integrity. Would you please stand? Let's have the worship team back up. Thank you. <clears throat> Let me just pray. Last week, uh, I challenged you that there may be people you need to talk to, and I, I want to say thank you to you. A number of people I know of have um, come to staff members. Actually, nobody's come to me, it's interesting, but come to staff members and apologized and asked forgiveness, and I'm sure that was going on all over the place. You know, God says to us in this season, this is a season of getting right with him. Acts 3.19, Acts 3.19 says this, that, that repent and turn and I will send times of refreshing. I've seen times of refreshing, times of blessing, and they are awesome. That's what we're, we're pressing in for, those times of blessing. But we need to clear some stuff out of the way. Let me just pray. Father, I want to say thank you to you. Thank you for all that you're doing in us. Thank you that, that Lord, we're growing up. We're, we're not just stuck on the milk of the faith, Lord God. Thank you that, we're, that you are leading us into those deeper things. And once we get that out of the way, then we can get on with the new things, Lord God. And we want that. We want to embrace that. So do it good, Lord God. Do whatever it is you're doing in us. Do it good. Heal our bodies. Cleanse our minds. And Lord God, please help us to walk the way of integrity for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Thank you.